The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms of apply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Cast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome back to Red Side of Trent as we are here to discuss the long-awaited wait for three points as Forest go away from Newcastle to take all three points in the first time for seven games, only our third away game since being back in the Premier League. Chris Wood's hat-trick is the first hat-trick since Kevin Campbell on opening day of the 96 season. Wow. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm joined here by Christian Brown, who was our man on the ground, Reese Lane and Lee Clark as ever. Gents, hope you all had a very Merry Christmas. And Lee, I'm going to begin with you. When the team news came out, I was expecting maybe two or three changes, as Nuno has expressed about having a tight-knit core group. But then in hindsight, playing 70-plus minutes the other day with, with 10 men, probably can see why the changes have come in and, and maybe he wants to see what his squad was like. So six changes happened. Uh, just to recap you, it's, it was Gonzalo, Montiel, uh, A, Aina, Sangare, Danilo and Callum Hudson-Odoi in for Nico Williams, Willie Bolly, who was suspended, obviously, uh, Harry Toffolo, Oro Mangala, Ryan Yates and Divock Origi. What were your thoughts initially when that lineup come out, especially as we went 4-2-3-1 again? Uh, my thoughts when it first came out was, wow, there's lots of attacking players there. Um, but that obviously is a good thing. Um, I thought it was quite bold. I thought um, I thought it was just one of those team selections where you've got a new manager and he wants to take a look at lots of players in a short space of time, um, it, which isn't always ideal. We've said on this pod before, obviously we've used it as a stick to beat the previous manager with before on this pod as well, that he didn't really know his best 11 and too many changes is not ideal and the settled the more settled the side is the better the results are likely to be but i think um nuno's already said that the squad is too big but what he's got to do between now and kind of probably the middle of january when you start really shaping your your plans is decide who he wants to keep and who he wants to move on so um 
in a really weird way, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw maybe three or four more changes for the for the United game, to be fair, because I just think he's going to want to give everyone a, a fair crack of the whip before he turns around and says, actually, you're not part of my plans. Mm, definitely. Christian, as our man on the ground, I'll go to you for the first early door chances. Um, before Newcastle did take the lead, Morgan Gibbs-White had a cracking chance from inside the penalty area. Um, you'd expect him to hit the target there. Um, and it was good pressing, really, from, from Forrest, essentially. Like, that must have gave you a good like hope for the rest of the game. Obviously, hindsight, that we know that we won. But at the time, you must have thought, this is bloody good, isn't it? It was impressive, yeah. It was, um, I didn't expect, was it Miley who lost the ball? Yes, the I believe so. Yeah, um, you don't really expect players of that stature or that of playing for Newcastle, wherever they're at at the minute. Obviously, Champions League club to be dilly dallying on the ball on the edge of their own box. But um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think I saw something else there as well, actually, with Gibbs White. The only thing that's just fractionally missing from his game at the minute is his shooting, in that he's very, he's got everything else, you know, he's got like, Literally everything else from its physicality, creativity, intelligence. It's just that final bit in front of goal, which seems to be letting him down a little bit, which I'm sure he'll be working on. But yeah, I did think he can maybe done a little bit better with that. He maybe had a fraction more time than he thought, but thankfully it wasn't too detrimental for chances in the long haul. Yeah, well, I did want to ask you about the penalty because you must have needed like a telescope to bloody see it. But so I'll go on to Reese for it. Um, it's a clumsy challenge by. Olaina, isn't it, Reese? But Joe, when you watch the replay, it looks like he barely touches him. But I guess, like, I don't know, it's not a clear and obvious mistake either. It's it's one of those, though, isn't it? And then the pen, the penalty, I don't think was that good. I don't know what Turner was bloody doing for it, to be honest. Um, I think Isaac went down just before that, didn't he, and claimed for a penalty which wasn't given. Um, so that I don't know if that weighed on the referee's mind because I thought it was vastly soft. But I mean, when they did zoom right in, there was the smallest bit of contact and. I mean, if we're a Newcastle fan, to be fair, Isaac made the most of it and he won the penalty. Um, I watched it back last night and the referee did have a few moments to think before pointing at the spot. He didn't straight away point at it. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, very soft. But like you said, Adam, VAR isn't going to overturn it if there has been a tiniest bit of contact. I mean, the contact for me doesn't make you go down like... I mean, he, he nearly, nearly enough did a flip, didn't he, Isaac? So... Yeah, a shame, and then you kind of think, here we go again. Um, I mean, the penalty was not the best, was it? Um, I mean, the Paddy Power gif wanted of that robot falling over was kind of like Turner's dive, but, you know, it, it's heavily weighted, to be fair, into in the attacker's um, sense when they're taking the penalty. In my opinion, attacker, really 99 times out of 100 should score be scoring penalties because if they put it certain positions in the goal the keeper can't get to it um i think when turner looks back he'll probably be a bit disappointed he didn't get you know at least a hand to it but um it didn't matter in the end did it <laughs> no 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 and and uh well before before we once first goalie um anthony Alanga has a a really good opportunity um to square the ball to Chris Wood, but ops to shoot. Um, what what did you make of that at the time? Because I was absolutely screaming at the television. <laughs> um, I don't know what, what what you thought. And then talk us through the first goal, because obviously that, that doesn't get repeated, thankfully. Well, I mean, we've got to be fortunate that Chris Wood didn't break his foot on the post when Alanga didn't square it to him. Um, <laughs> crikey, I bet Christian heard that from where he was in Sunderland somewhere. Um 
Yeah, it was. It just summed up a langer, didn't it? I suppose in the space of a couple of minutes, you've got the first one where we've said before his decision making is probably why we managed to get him fifteen million. Uh, in certain moments, obviously, other moments it can be really good, as we saw just after. So, um, yeah, he's got it. I think to be fair, I've said all season that when Alanga's got time to think, that's when he's worse at his end product, and he had so much time to think. It was do I shoot? Do I whip it across? I think if that's Brennan Johnson, for example, um, he just he just lays it across first time, lay it across first time, and it's a, it's a tap in. It's it's on wood then to to finish it off. Um, and bizarrely, the pullback for the the actual goal was probably a more difficult um, situation to pull it back than the one he should have done. So, yeah, it was just a really good goal, a well worked goal. Um, Gibbs White's input in the first. I hope I'm not stealing anyone's thunder with the next question, but Gibbs White's involvement in the first goal was absolutely amazing. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's it's. I don't like the whole "told you so" stuff, but. I've I've had people go at me for daring to say that Gibbs White should be doing better when he's playing as a winger. No, you have a player like Gibbs White, you play him in his position, you build a team around him in his natural position. And yesterday showed exactly why. That first goal was just um, amazing. And since we've, you know me, I'll always give credit where it's due. It was a good advantage from the ref because I actually thought he was going to blow the whistle. I thought we were going to have Haaland and um, Simon Hooper Mark II, to be fair, because I actually thought he'd <laughs> given the free kick and I'm like, just play on. Uh, but he did wait and give it. Um, so yeah, it was just a just nice to see us score that sort of goal where we drive at an opposition um, and score just a you know create a chance where you, you can't possibly miss. Yeah, I mean this is the uh, you mentioned about the the this, the difference between him and Brennan Johnson, how Brennan Johnson would have squared the first one, but I mean he, he had that, those sort of things before. But no, I think what I like about that goal is it comes from Murillo nearly making a mistake and then Montiel. Calm as you like, pass it out to Sangari. Sangari first time to Gibbs White, and then and then the rest is kind of history. It was a brilliant counter attack. I thought. I mean, Newcastle was 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 so open. It was unbelievable. I feel like Sangari took out pretty much their whole midfield with that one little kind of egg on pass. If you want to call, it. I don't know what you're going to call it. Just you just helped it on, kind of kind of. But what a perfect time to score, and, and we almost caught before half time through through a great pass from Gibbs White to Callum Hudson Odoi. Just. He, I think if he gets his head up, he could play a Langer in first time as well. But um, yeah, it was it was we, we looked so threatening all the time on the counter attack, and then and that showed our intent at the start of the second half. Christian, um, the first eleven seconds, Morgan Gibbs White has an absolute glorious chance. I mean, what what a pass from Sankari out to a Langer, and then he just burnt Dan Burn, didn't he? Yeah, that that was very much start. I think. I think one thing we've all said as well is that with games, and I don't mean this to sound derogatory to the previous manager who did so much to us, but you felt that had we gone one all yesterday under the under Cooper, for example, we probably would have just tried to sit on that and just wait. Whereas we probably would try to ride it and go, you know what, point's a good point here at Newcastle. And it would have been. Had we left for a point yesterday, I don't think any of us would have complained about that at all. We all would have stabbed your hand off for that. In fact, we all said as much in the preview. So... But whereas, you know, like you said, that the level of intent shown from the get-go was like, right, no, bang, let's, let's try and get you. And even, like, as you said beforehand, I mean, you know, I mean, I think Matt Turner's a bit of a lucky boy, really, when he sort of flaps at that header and luckily gets there. He should, he should catch that. He should, of course, it with one hand. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> but um, And then, obviously, like, luckily for Almiron, or well, lucky for us, Almiron doesn't get there. 
Oh, what a shocker he had as well, dear me. But um, yeah, you're right. We delivered the, the speed and the intensity of the counter attack. I mean, like you said, the one before, Gibbs White's ball out to Hudson Odoi was a dream. And like this time, it was Sangare clipping it out to Langer brilliantly. It was just, you know, it was so refreshing to see us just take the game to a team like that. Admittedly, in controlled circumstances, like we weren't just like going gung ho. It was very much looking to counter attack. But that was from second half is that we, um, right, digressing, was literally from kickoff. So, like, right, bang, go. And um, yeah, Gibbs was like, very unlucky. I thought it, it was worked brilliantly. And um, I think, like Reese put in our group chat, Dan Burns pretty much retired yesterday. How Livermento <laughs> isn't getting game time over him is a bit of a miracle, really. Well, I, I think Livermento is, but they're just they've, they're so running out of like they're running on fumes basically. They're, I think they've played ten games in thirty days, which is absolutely ridiculous. But I'm going to stick with you, Christian, because I have to like w- being the man who took a ten hour round trip or whatever it was to go to eleven Newcastle. hours. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I won't do you a disservice. Uh, eleven hours. You've gone to Newcastle and seen, I mean, film and TV people, especially Game of Thrones people, will, will get this reference. But Chris Wood of an absolute Peter Dinklage uh, over Dubravka, but a, a, an impressive run and pass from Alanga, who I thought actually, I mean, again, Lee would appreciate the the, the advantage ba- played by Chris Kavanagh again. And just talk us through that. I mean, it must have been quite difficult to see from the other end, but obviously as soon as you've seen the, the net ripple. Yeah, no, to be fair, like, we were all sort of screaming for a foul on Alanga. I don't think we'd actually realised he'd picked Wood out at first. And then it was like, because obviously he's been taken clean out. It, they're, they're actually a very cynical side, Newcastle, um, which maybe don't really seem to associate with them. I mean, you saw it especially when they were losing towards the end of the game, like the amount of penalty appeals they were claiming for and things just like non-existent things. Joe Linton and Bruno Gamaya is just trying to kick everyone while they try and win the game. It was, um, they're very sort of niggly like that. And we saw it like um, for the first goal, Trippier clearly tries to wipe Gibbs White out and just gets it slightly wrong. And um, yeah, again, they're this time, you know, they do take out an anger. And it's, and then you sort of look up and go, oh, hang on, he's actually picked out Wood like a dream. And then um, when we saw him shimmy onto his left, I was like, he's going to score it. He's, and yeah, yeah, he did. Great, uh, unbelievable chip over, um, uh, what's it, the Bradford again, Sol Dan Byrne, like, for a hot dog basically and uh yeah brilliant brilliant goal um yeah as you imagine your way i got quite loud at that point which was uh very very nice yeah, chris, yeah. chris wood must have got like shakira's like music videos on on rupee over christmas because absolute snake hips he was doing ball roll and 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 step overs against bournemouth and and then this against newcastle um just a few comments uh Christian, you've got a, an admirer in the comments. Uh, he wants a short turnaround at some point. Um, we've got NGS from Australia. Good. Um, I don't know what's that. It's going to be afternoon there. I just had a 40 evening. So hello to you. Um, Slick Rick just saw, I just saw Christian on match of the day. Oh, well, well, that's nice. And then, yeah, 51% of attacks come from on Dan Burns' side. Something we didn't do against Newcastle last season when we had Brendan Johnson against him, weirdly enough. Um, Reese, the third goal, I mean... I, I actually couldn't believe Chris Wood had broke the offside trap, never mind done what he'd done afterwards. Because, I mean, I think once you see the second finish, you kind of think, well, he's definitely got something in his locker to do what he did. But I was just absolutely perplexed by such a high line from Newcastle. But what a... I don't know what I'm more impressed with, the run to stay on side or the pass. Both, really. <laughs> Both. <laughs> by, that, by that stage, I was just... in disbelief really what I was watching um because 
it just it just made that that third. He just made it look so easy. Um, and then obviously slotted it in. And I turned to Emma. Has the offside flag gone up? She's like, no. I was like, oh, that's going to be offside. And then surely. And then obviously when it showed the replay, time is run to perfection. And yeah, I mean. I have to agree with Danny Murphy's analysis on match of day. I mean, why they didn't bring Dan Byrne off at half time? He was getting absolutely turned inside out by Wood and Delanger, um, and bring Livermore on. I didn't kind of understand. And to be honest, once that third went in, I never really thought, aside from the obvious Forest just shooting themselves in thought, I was never really concerned. I thought Newcastle are completely gone. To be honest, and like I agree with Christian, you know, I'm. I'm big on my um my yellow card bet, so I, I I have a rough idea who is good for Newcastle and Bruno and Joel Linton love booting folk, so you know it wasn't a surprise for me to see Joel Linton come on and just basically kick a few folk, and that's all he kind of did. But I mean, I'm sure we're gonna. I'm not gonna go too much into Chris Wood because I'm sure one of us has got us in his player performances, but just disbelief, mate. <laughs> to be honest, couldn't believe it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think as well, Lee, the, I thought Nuno's substitutions were really good. I thought everyone did a job, even even Joe Worrell, who's obviously had a lot of uh, media attention, Christian uh, doing an X sign to, to, to Joe Worrell because of of uh, reports in The Athletic and, and, and wherever else you might read uh, that he had a bit of a squabble with, with Steve Cooper. Um, but I thought like Nico Williams come and did his part. I thought um, Ryan Yates obviously did as well. Um, but I did want to talk about one incident where I thought Musa Niakate had given away a penalty. It turned out to be just an absolute body on the line kind of block after a. I, I don't know what you want to call it. It was a it was a complete mistiming of a header of Nico Williams. And in the last two three games, he's been absolutely excellent. So an unusual mistake for him actually as of late, but fair play to the boys for putting their bodies on the line afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's funny because um, as soon as that incident happened, I said straight away, that's handball. You can just tell with the Newcastle reaction. And I know it's easy to say that because obviously I think it was 3-1 down at that point. So they're going to appeal for everything, but it just, when every player appeals, something just doesn't feel right. And then I watched three different angles and I thought, yeah, that's handball. And then they were, the last one they showed, you can clearly see it strikes the top of his shoulder. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's what VAR's there for, isn't it? Um, it's good to see it used um, emphatically well rather than emphatically badly for a change. So, yeah, it was um, that sort of defending just kind of typified what we've lacked when we've had bad results this season, really. Um, I think one thing that we've all, um, not just fans, not just us four on this pod, but fans in general, have bemoaned a lot of times this season is that we've got players that simply don't care. And I think that defensive display yesterday suggested that we've got quite a lot of players that, yeah, they'll make mistakes sometimes, but it won't be through a lack of uh, not wanting to play for the club. Um, yeah, like we say as well, credit where it's due with Worrell. There was a header that he made at the end where I think Wilson was just queuing up to nod it into an empty net. And any he just needed any touch and he got the top of his head on it and it went out for a... I think we managed to keep it in actually and then hook it down the line. So... Yeah, credit where it's due. I thought, um, like you say, all the subs came on and played their part yesterday. Definitely. Uh, just stick with you, Lee, because I've got a couple of questions to ask all of you as well. But how how good does that feel? We were saying literally on the last part against Bournemouth or maybe the one before, was like, we don't know where the next win's coming to be in, in a typical Forest fashion. 
it's come away at Newcastle. We did say this, like we'd lose to Bournemouth and probably get a result against Newcastle and one against Man United, but it makes such a difference, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I mean, it just completely changes your mood. It's like I, I've said before that I don't get too high with the highs these days and I don't get too low with the lows, but boy, when you go to Newcastle and win, it's hard not to get a little bit excited. I thought the gloss came off it a little bit because Luton won. Um, I know that sounds silly because keep playing like that and we're, we're probably going to stay in the division, but it would have been nice to get a win like that and then see them kind of drop points as well. I mean, I think this league's almost proven as bonkers as the championship because... <laughs> You've got teams like Luton winning back-to-back games. Uh, I don't mean that disrespectful to Luton, but I think everyone kind of... I think even Luton fans I've spoke to have kind of hoped that they'd go up, have a bit of a crack, and then um, you know go down with plenty of money in the pocket and, and build the club and, and stabilise that way. But, I mean, they've got a genuine chance of staying up now. They'll feel that they can stay up with the performances they, they're putting in and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it just it feels amazing to get a win like that. And I think... <laughs> on a personal level, I in in where I am in Mansfield, there's loads of Newcastle fans, and they've been absolutely unbearable for the last eighteen months, and rightly so. Why wouldn't they be? They've got to the Champions League, um, they've got they're owned by a state. I mean, come on, they, they've been absolutely unbearable. So, for Chris Wood to go there and score a hat trick and treble the amount of goals he scored at St James's Park as a Newcastle player um, is mildly amusing. Loads of Newcastle fans in Mansfield. What the heck? What Is world it? are we? What world Don't are we living started. in? What world Don't are we living started. in? That's for a Christian. different pod. <laughs> Christian, it must have made must have made the eleven hour journey a little bit better. Sorry, Reese. But it's unrelated. I think it's to do with the minds into a lot of the people settled in Mansfield from Newcastle. But I might be wrong with that. Yeah, you are right. To be fair, lots yeah. of Sunderland fans as well. Yeah, Christian. Must have made the eleven-hour journey a little bit better, eh? But uh, yeah, how how good does that feel? I mean, someone asked you. Someone asked, by the way, what time did you leave? So you may as well tell them. Uh, so I left at half two in the morning. Um, <laughs> okay, it uh, was. We actually did it in pretty good time. So we got there in five hours fifteen to Newcastle. As you imagine, the roads are pretty empty. But obviously, you can never preempt what the road work's going to be like, even on Boxing Day. So. Um, yeah, so that was that was fine, and then uh, yeah, the drive out was, was breeze after a result like that, um, absolute breeze. It, the only the only thing that for me was me was probably my felt really was um, when Wood scored the third. Obviously, I was initial sort of rush of euphoria, and I was like, "There's no way Chris Wood's on side. There's no way he's sprung an offside trap. There's no way he's got the pace to beat the Newcastle back line round the keeper and score." So I sort of stopped. So I saw everyone going, "Man, I was like, oh, this could get ruled out. We're gonna look silly." And then obviously they did a little VAR check. And then it was after they actually did this, it was a second wave of celebration, if you like. Do you remember when we beat Palace last season and Gibbs White scored? He was ruled yes. out. And then obviously we celebrated on the screen. It was a little bit like that. Um, but yeah, that was that was the only thing really. But no, it was, yeah, incredible really. Um, but thoroughly worth the time and everything else. Because uh, yeah, I, I still can't, I still in disbelief. Chris Wood scored a hat trick. Like Chris Wood, um, even got his own chance by the end of it. Like, yeah. fair play. Um, Reese, uh, Matt Barsley asked actually on on Twitter to the to the masses, was that our best performance since returning to the Premier League? Performance, um, oof, I think result. I mean, me and Christian had a chat about this. It, it's it's got to be either that or the Liverpool home game, and uh, um, we did mention Arsenal 
last season when we beat them at home. But I think Arsenal pretty much gone by then. I mean, we obviously beat Chelsea away this season, but Chelsea seem to get beat by most teams, don't they, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I think result-wise, it's a toss-up between that and Liverpool for sure. Performance, um, right, it's a tough one because I'm just trying to think back to last, last season. Um, again, it's definitely in the conversation. They, um, I'd probably have to pull up all his wins last season, kind of have a look at what's what really, but it's definitely in the conversation. I mean, because every to be honest, every time we went forward, we looked like we was going to score every single time in the second half. I mean, like I said in the last comment, Newcastle, to me, just looked gone. They literally, for those who play FIFA, look like when your team's on all red bars and they're just fatigued and you're trying to chase players back and you just can't because <laughs> they're just too fatigued. <laughs> so, yeah. um yeah, I mean, I mean, ask the um, ask Christian and Lee, see see what they say about it as well, maybe. Yeah, Lee, what do you think? I mean, we've we've, we've completely forgot that Alanga had a chance that like open goal to bloody score as well. We forgot about that one, but yeah, Lee, what what do you think? Best performance since we've returned? Yeah, I think so. I think for for whole performance and taking everything into consideration, you've got to look at the opposition as well. I know that Newcastle have been struggling a little bit lately with injuries and fatigue and that sort of stuff, but. Their starting eleven yesterday still had enough to kind of make me think, Christ, and people have been moaning about their, what they've got available. You look at the front three and that sort of stuff. Um, let's not forget they also put Callum Wilson on, who I think we've all in our group chat said that he's kind of the next one behind Harry Kane in, for, for the England setup. So to have a sub like every time they put a sub on, it was someone half decent. So I don't know what Eddie Howe's bloody moaning about, to be fair. The only other performance that I can actually think of that was that I was really impressed with from kind of start to finish was when we beat Leicester at home. But Leicester got relegated, so you can't really compare the two situations. Leicester at home and Newcastle away, it's, it's chalk and cheese. So I would say, yeah, it was. Christian? Yeah, I think it probably was. I mean, even the City game we drew, like, um, obviously, even in that game, it was one of those where things fell into place for us. Harlan missed an open goal, which, you know, most clinical striker in Europe doesn't really do very often. We had, had a few other chances where, you know, we could have been punished and loved. They probably lost 2-3-0, but obviously deserved something for um, hanging in there and then eventually out-pepping Pep with the goal that we scored. Um, so that was definitely one of the ones up there. Other than that, yeah, I think I think sort of, even the 4-3 against Southampton, you know, we still conceded three very silly goals in that game. So, despite as good as we were going forward at times. Uh, the 3-1 the against Brighton might be up there. That was quite a good performance. Again, having gone a goal down. So, and I guess, yeah, I mean, you might look at the Spurs Cup game, but obviously that's not league. So, yeah, it probably is the best we've played since we've been promoted, which, no, I mean, it, it, it certainly felt like, I mean, you could see in the first 15, 20 minutes or so that obviously these players haven't fully gelled together. They haven't fully meshed together. Like, they looked a little bit... There was times where... Um, there was one instance, actually, I think it led to a chance where Newcastle just walked through the whole midfield. Like, it was, like, wasn't there. It was just like, that's a little concerning. But that obviously will come with, you know, games together and stuff. And obviously, Pep, uh, Nuno's still rotating his pack. He's trying to find out, like, who works where and what's best for him. He'll have a few more selection headaches after yesterday, definitely. But I think the most pleasing aspect for me is that, like Lee said earlier, as frustrating as it is that Luton won, if we play at that level of consistency for 70% of the games that we've got left, we'll be more than fine. Mm. So, just a final point, Adam, before um, 
you follow on. Like I was just looking at Newcastle's home form because it's something we mentioned in the last pod. You know, flash scores on their last 25, they've won 17 out of 25. And the teams have lost to in them um, 25 at Arsenal, Liverpool, Dortmund and AC Milan. And that was obviously, so it's not bad company, is it? Did they not lose to Man City as well? Or their, their dream that was not that at draw? Home, no. They beat Man City that. in the Cup, didn't they? Um, and yeah. then last last season, they drew three fear if I remember right. Cause I think it was 3 1 up and then since yeah. come back. <clears throat> yeah. Well, yeah, we're in good company then, I guess, really. Right. So, definitely. Um, Giants. I've, <laughs> I've got a, I've got a little question to ask you all a bit uh, later on, more more towards before Man United. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Anyway, but uh, we're going to get into some Slept On It Thoughts. Red side of the trend. <laughs> Slept On It Thoughts. Super loud in my ears, that is, but I, I love it. So uh, here we go. Jerry Pritchard, I feared the worst when I saw the team and then watched Danilo for 20 minutes, but then it started to click and confidence grew. Excellent performances from Wood, Morgan's White and Montiel. Elanga does some excellent work, but it's so frustrating. If rough edges can be smoothed, he'll be great. Martin Fretwell, a di- what a difference it makes when you have a go up the effing reds. Capenosity on the second day of Christmas, old Nuno gave to me. Forest coaches coaching, Chris Wood, Ronaldo wing. Uh, Morgan gives white controlling and anti Lango maddening and three beautiful points. Uh, Sammy Slack, it was so refreshing to watch his attack away from home, 3 1 up and still pushing on. Solidified with 10 minutes to go. Yes, not after scoring. I think Nuno will kick us on. Such a hard place to come and we were immense. Uh, Sam simply having a wonderful Chris Wood time. No idea what Nuno has been doing in training, but he's got us playing like prime Barca and turned Chris Wood into R9. Very, very excited for Saturday. Uh, Carl Booth, credit to Nuno for putting Morgan Gibbs White in his best position and turning Chris Wood into prime Bergkamp now. Uh, thought we were solid and well-deserved to win, uh, especially second half. Turner, still dodgy, just a shame Luton wanted to keep the pressure firmly on. Uh, Slick Rick, perfect way performance set up with a plan and executed. Nigel Clough is the son of God. By God, we needed that and it was thoroughly deserved. After the Blades game, you read out my slips on it for a foot, which was uh, that Wood would get at least eight Premier League goals for us. Think it raised a few eyebrows, but it doesn't look far off now. No, he's on seven. Uh, Reese Coy shows what playing the players in their actual positions did. 
uh, does. Uh, Wood was limited and isolated by Cooper. Just because you're a big man doesn't mean you're a target man. Unreal performance. Said this after Villa. The key now is consistency and it could be onwards and upwards. Uh, Gary Boldy, not strong Newcastle team on paper and we dominated the game. Nuno has moved more games wide to the centre and found a way of getting a tune out of Chris Wood. Solid start. Got to keep the pace as those below keep picking up results. Um, last few now. Stuart Clarkson, uh, Nuno's got us up and running quickly. Honestly, I think we would have had three points the other day with a different ref. Morgan's right in the middle where he shone. Nuno playing into Chris Wood's strengths. Defenders working hard. Danilo still looks rusty. Too many passes going astray. Uh, bring on Man United. And then last but no means least, Grant Fellows. There's clearly more emphasis on getting forward. Morgan's White playing where he needs to. Uh, also helps the change in mindset the last two games is mind-blown five goals in two games and one of those we had 10 men for most of it thank you very much for getting your slept on it thoughts in uh loads of comments sorry, sorry if i didn't read any out um it's always it's always good when we win and it normally we get more when we lose weirdly enough um so yeah really really good really really positive um I think a few people getting a little bit carried away after one win. Um, I think we, if we can beat Man United, then we'll get more carried away because they they came back yesterday tremendously well to beat Aston Villa, three uh, two from two nil down. So fair play to them. We get some player performances. Uh, Lee, I'm going to start with you. Um, I've actually got quite a few today because I feel like there was a fair few worth mentioning. I want to give you Morgan Gibbs White. Yeah, there's worse I could have, I suppose. Um, yeah, it was amazing. Um, absolutely amazing. Um, I'm literally at the point where when he plays like that, I run out of superlatives for him because he's just... Some of the criticism that he's had thrown in his direction from our supporters this season, and I know that criticism comes hand in hand with bad form, but 23 years old, if he plays like keeps playing like that, then he, he's he's a hundred million pound player for us. Um, obviously, the one thing he's got to add to his game is goals and assists. He'll, he's under no illusions that he's got to add those to his game. I think that's probably the only thing that's kind of prevented him from probably having a an England call up to his name already. Um, but yeah, he was just outstanding. I mean, the nail on the head came from Rob Lee. Um, very few players go to St James's Park and give Bruno a time like a game like that, basically. And he was just so intelligent with how he played him. Um, he kind of got stuck in as well, which he was probably. I mean, did he get did he get booked in the end? Gives I don't think he did, did he? No, he didn't. Um, no, I think which is avoid it. which is quite remarkable to be fair, because he made two <laughs> or three that were quite late to be fair. But um, yeah, he was just on it from minute one. Um, he probably should have scored with the header. I think I'm. He's not known for his heading, is he? Let's face it. But he probably should have scored just after half time. But yeah, he was just a brilliant performance. Um, and like I said at the top of the podcast, he's got to play through the middle. I don't care who it means playing on the wing, but it's not him. Don't stick him out there. He's completely stifled out there. It's a completely different skill set. And God, he had the freedom of St. James's Park, didn't he? Every time he got the ball, I thought we were going to create a chance. Um, and that's the biggest compliment I can give him. Yeah, he just kept picking balls up in the pockets. Where even when it was out wide, he was still picking a ball up in the pockets as well, which I thought was was brilliant. Statistically, Lee, you'll be you'll be amazed to hear that Gibbs White's actually really good in the air in terms of winning duels. So I mm-hmm. I, I would have expected him to, to to nod that one in, especially as he, he scored one in the Euros. I think either semi final or final. No, yeah, semi final. I think it was. So yeah, um, Christian, uh, you you asked and you shall receive. Abraham Sangare. For you, yes, 
And the amount of things I saw written about Ibrahim Zangare after that Fulham disaster were <laughs> incomprehensibly dumb. And it is so pleasing now that he's finally got his chance. I've just come back from injury and he was so good yesterday. That's the player that we signed. That's the player that we needed to get into our midfield to help us take us to this next level that we aspire to be at. He was incredible yesterday. Very underrated uh, cog of the machine. Was winning his tackles. I think and we all sort of look at him as this sort of like you know, powerhouse defensive midfielder, but he's immensely skillful. Like, and his passing range is just so, so good as well. We saw at the start of the second half where he picked out Alanga. There was one other incident where he, I think he rolled two Newcastle players and then just poked the ball upfield to found and found feet. He, he, honestly, there was, he was so good yesterday. And I don't think a lot of people sort of think like, oh, you know, 30 million spent. Like some of the things I heard around me at Fulham as well was like, oh, we can't, we spent 30 million pounds on this and this sort of thing. It's sort of like, come on, like, let the guy adapt a little bit. Let's see how it gets on now. For whatever reason, it didn't fully click with him with Cooper. I think the West Ham game was maybe the only time we really saw the best of Sangara and Steve Cooper. And that's probably because he had to adapt to a new league, new language, new environment, new everything. Um, it's probably a bit of him that maybe has a bit of tinge of regret as well, seeing his PSV are running away in the Dutch league and he never won that when he was there. So, you know, it's probably not been the easiest time for him, but he was phenomenal yesterday. And yeah, so certain people need to be making a few apologies, I think, because if he keeps playing like that, yeah, we, we've got we've got a good one. And and just finally, just finally on Sangare, the one thing I would say about him: if you put Sangare in Newcastle's midfield yesterday, they'd have beat us. He was that good. It, that he was he was exactly the player that Newcastle lacked yesterday afternoon. They, they didn't have that one player who was prepared to kind of hold back and cut the the counter attack out. Um, he did like Christian's just said. He did everything that was promised on the tin when we signed him. I thought yesterday, it's just gusting. That's sixteen as well. It's yeah, exactly. It's it just <laughs> gusting that he got booked, and obviously it was pretty blatant yellow as well. He just went straight to Bruno, didn't he? I think. Mm. But I think, um, it, I think it's the last time we're going to see him now until February, unfortunately. Yeah, which is galling, really, because I love the far, um, Cote I, go into really. Ivory Coast. Ivory Coast, yeah. But I caught the bois is their correct pronunciation. Yeah. Me, so shoot I, th- I, yeah. I think when you when you look at it, Sangari played in the position which we bought him for, which was to sit exactly. in front of the midfield and protect yeah. him and Danilo. We've, and then you kind of allowed that, him, before. Yeah, we now we allowed Danilo to get forward a little bit, but primarily is, he was he was getting right next to to Sangare. Is it in um, the Ivory Coast as well, the Afcon? I have a feeling it is. I think it might well be. But yeah, but the th- the thing is that you play them two next to each other and it allows you to play 4-2-3-1 because you've got the protection. Uh, I just feel like you, there's a way of playing to a midfield and not getting overran, but that's conversation for a different day. <laughs> um uh, Reese, you also asked who you should receive. Uh you got you got Lee Wood's dad. Chris, <laughs> <laughs> it is actually was that some people will believe that it's not Lee um, Wood's dad. Don't worry. What what did I say a few pods ago? That is that he was a disgrace, pretty much. And to be fair, I do stand by that at the time because him amongst <laughs> a cluster of players were. Um, it 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 kind of goes on now. I mean, I, people are saying, oh, obviously Cooper's holding back and it's it's playing this playing to his strengths, which. I don't think people would have assumed playing to Chris Wood's strength is him skinning Dan Byrne and then dinking the goalkeeper. But um, 
I mean, for him from, you know, what were three, four games ago, I mean, I just didn't see the effort. I just didn't really see the desire to put himself about personally. People will, on social media, blame the previous manager and say he was stifling them. Yesterday, I mean, unplayable, completely unplayable. And the turn of what I watched two or three games ago was, you know, chalk and cheese. I mean, he should have scored four. Alan Shearer said that. I mean, I felt for him the first, because that was the easiest tapping he'd get all season if Alanga had put that across. And to be fair to Alanga, he did he did learn. It was very similar last season when Brennan Johnson could have played in Tyro against Chelsea. Then the next game against Southampton, he played it across and we scored. I'm just so glad we got that chance pretty soon after and Alanga learned from it. And I agree with what Lee said. That was a much more difficult pass as well because he had to, I think he had to get it through Fabian Shear's legs, didn't he? So that was the first one. Perfect positioning, you, the movement. That's where you want a striker tap. If it's if a striker gets ten tappings a season, brilliant. The set, the second. I mean, <laughs> the ball in behind Dan Byrne. I mean, it, it kind of just ties Dan Byrne's legs legs in knots, doesn't it? And then Woods on the front foot against him, and then he literally skins him like he did against the player against Bournemouth and dinks it over the goalkeeper. I mean, if that was if that was Aaron Harland, if that was Harry Kane, the world's media would be all over it, wouldn't they say how good a finish that was? And then we discussed it earlier. The third goal brilliantly again kept his run time, his run to perfection. He made it look easy. I mean, to take it round the goalkeeper and just slot it in. There was never no like fumbling touches, was it? It was just like he was basically an autopilot and on a computer game and it was so easy. So and to be fair, you know, seven goals, is, I think it's seven and 17. That's a pretty good return for a team who's 16th. Well, a very good return. I think he's got a better goal ratio than Haaland this season. Yeah. Well, per game. I mean, per there, goal, was, sorry. there was a few. I mean, we had a bit of a chat, didn't we, between us. I kind of see him as, and it might be a stereotype. Some people might not agree that he is a stereotypically a target man. Um, I mean, my stat to back that up would be scored 33% of his. Premier League goals of his head. Now, if, uh, if I was to say to you guys who's probably an ultimate target man in the Premier League, you'd kind of probably say Peter Crouch be one. He scored 37% with head of goals and he and he's the top scoring scorer for headers, I believe. So, um, and he's now scored more hat-tricks than Dennis Burkamp and Eric Cantona or something <laughs> on Twitter yesterday, which is phenomenal. I, th- but, I, th- I think with Wood, though, like, if you... The last two games, what I've seen as well, when the ball has gone up to him, he's got support. That gives White yeah, within a few yards of him. Like it's yeah, just easy. Think, it's just simple things, I th- isn't it? I think I think everybody who's probably had a view on him is probably there is some um, substance to these views, and, and I don't think one particular view is entirely correct. I don't think one particular view is uh, factually incorrect. Look. I'm not. I've never been obtuse on this podcast. I'll give credit where his credit's due, and he was phenomenal yesterday and hopefully he can keep it up because if he can get well I mean now nah, he'd be looking into he'd be looking at probably maybe doubling that tally and getting up to 14-15 goals but I mean if we'd have said at the start of the season Chris Wood would have got double figures I think we'd have all probably had a bit of a laugh wouldn't we let's be honest but hopefully he keeps it up but the only, the only thing I kind of this isn't a negative at all but because it was against Newcastle and he kind of had that point to prove with, because he had a bit of a torrid time, didn't it, Newcastle? I, I just hope it isn't kind of that game where 
it was where I kind of thought in my head, Nathan Tyson always used to turn up against Derby and be absolutely incredible. And then he always kind of went back to being pretty average. I just hope that isn't kind of his Everest and he's going to go back to being okay. Hopefully now I can push on because the finishes yesterday were, were just natural finishes, weren't they? I mean, the ding yeah. was, like I say, if Harry Kane, Erling Haaland, then type players had scored that, would have been raving about it in the, the, the British media, wouldn't we? Yeah, oh, fair, play, fair how, play to him. I think we've seen how good a finisher he is. The two against Luton and then even the disallow goal were, were excellent finishers. So yeah, well, he's definitely one got against, it in his locker. The one, one against Luton was with his head. And, and to be fair, the first one against Luton was a really good finish. But you kind of, we frown upon Luton, don't we? Seeing them as, oh, they're going to go down. So to do it against a team of Newcastle's qualities who've you know been playing in the Champions League this season is, yeah, fair play to him. Yeah, so I, th- I think if we could keep getting bodies running around Chris Wood until one year's back. But even now, you got well, Chris Wood four, four goals in two well, games. Like, like I said, just before Christian pops in, every time we went forward second half yesterday, we just looked like we was going to score. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, and it's something I put on my tweet. I'll give credit to Nuno as well here. You knew exactly how we was going to play yesterday. We was always going to count and, and the counter attack worked. And that, with respect... That's something with Steve we've not had for a long time. And, you know, I've been banging the drum and Lee's mentioned it. Gibbs White's got to be through the centre. And that's something I think, again, he'll look back at Steve and probably think when, like Lee mentioned last week, of regret, he should have met, he should have found a way to make that work. Because as you can clearly see yesterday, yeah, yeah. Chris, did you far better to, side. Did you want to jump in? Yeah, just on words. It feels like, I mean, obviously I could be fairly wrong here but it feels like he kind of has a very similar profile physical profile everything really to Raul Jimenez when he was at Wolves I think personally maybe maybe not as quick perhaps but by and large you know pretty similar builds pretty similar you know maybe Nuno just you know has an idea how to get the best out of him and which we probably weren't doing before I mean I just see one of the comments coming in now like saying like you know I love Cooper but I'll never understand signing him and playing him a low block as Emerson like he's right like and we we never did and we kept saying that playing to strengths and whatever else, but he actually felt like that. It felt like that's how he would have used utilized Jimenez at Wolves, and it, it seems to be getting results from Wood. And he has to be asking really. I mean, I don't know if it's like a year extension of his contract, but if he's going to keep playing like that, is it worth giving him a contract and keeping him at the club for another year or two? That'd be the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll just have to see how it can. But mm. with with having that three behind Wood, which. You've got Hudson and Hudson Adoya, Langer and Gibbs White. They can all move. They've all got pace. So if, if you can get in behind teams like we did yesterday, all Chris Wood's got to do is like he did for the one that Alanga should have passed him and the one Alanga did pass. Get yourself in the six yard box. This time is wrong. Plenty yeah. of tappings. And he did that. I, th- I think as well on that, this is where all the conversation that we've just had there, this goes back to the title of the man in the dugout, head coach. That's what a head coach does. He looks at the hand he's been dealt. And I know that we, we can have conversations. We've had conversations in the past about, oh, managers get thrown, players they don't want, this, that and the other. I'm sorry, when you're a head coach, you've got to appreciate that there is some element of that. And your job is to coach them into better players. If you look at their profile and you think, actually, I'm not going to play in there, I'm going to play in there. That's you doing your job as a head coach. And I think what I find quite exciting is that Nuno's had probably, what, four or five days with him on the training ground and two really tough games against some good sides. And he's already got a tune out of probably three or four players that weren't really playing particularly well. 
um, under the previous regime. So I just find it all quite intriguing at the moment. Yeah, we've just yeah. got to hope it just isn't that um, new manager balance cliche, mm. isn't it? And we can actually sustain some form uh, because likely against Sevilla with Luton winning yesterday, we, we, we need some wins in a row, really. Well, some results in a row. It's no good winning one in five or whatever. We, we could do with some wins, really. It's just a shame now we've kind of seen after yesterday we could get going. There's going to be a break, isn't there, for the Premier League until the 20th after United. I mean, I'll, I'll take the break if we beat United. So that, that I don't mind that. But um, there's 85 people. Think, watching, got, so I don't uh, think that the break's a bad thing because it gives him, okay, admittedly about um, some of the African players, but it actually gives him some time on the training ground to go, right, okay, these are my methods. Obviously, at the minute, it just feels like game by game. Okay, look. <laughs> so he was saying, like, literally, we're having very light training sessions to try and get these things into the players very quickly. It'd be quite nice, I think, for him and his team to just have some time to go, look, okay, this is what we want to do. This is how we're going to do it. This is how you're going to fit in. Rather than just go, right, you play, you play, you play, let's go. So I think that break might not be a bad thing for us in the long run. I yeah. agree as well on that. But it's just on the flip side, when you're winning games, you just want that momentum to keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. I think if you ask most players when they're winning, what they want to do is play games. But we have got the small matter of Blackpool and Jordan Rose to contend with in that time. <laughs> um, we've got 95 people here this morning, so thank you very much for joining us on a Wednesday. Um, if, you've, if you've not liked or subscribed to us, I will ask the beggy question of, of doing that. We're trying to get up to... A, to a thousand so and then we can do some more giveaways we have got a giveaway to do at the end of this episode actually so uh we'll do that so i did want to mention uh, a couple of other players obviously alanga uh, is now up to nine uh goals and assists this season which i think is tremendous it's it, it, it he's we've, we've said this so many times how frustrating he can be but how effective he can also be uh i thought his two assists were really really good should have had Three or four assists overall with the cross to to Gibbs White, and, the, and he should have squared it to to Wood. But he's he's quietly going about his business. There's a lot of obviously hype about how how he's outperforming performing all of four of Man United's front front players. Though Ganacho got two goals, Rashford got an assist, and uh, and uh, Hoyland finally got off the mark for them. Um, and and then another player is, is Gonzalo Montiello, who I thought was quietly. Very, very good. To say he got a booking quite early for asking for a booking, I thought it was going to hamper his aggressive style and getting into Anthony Gordon. But I thought for a guy who looks like a hothead, he, he was pretty calm on the ball quite a lot of the times and, and got us got got quite high up the pitch to support. And I thought he was he was really, really good. But we are going to get into Man United predictions, Lee. Uh, I'm going to start with you. They, they've obviously on a high from coming back from from two goals down. Uh, what what do you make of it? How, how do you think we're going to go? Obviously, Sangare's out. Bali might be back. Um, what what do you think might might happen in terms... Because we made so many changes yesterday. I, I, I'm not sure what... We've got a bit more time to kind of maybe stick with a similar sort of side. Yeah, it's gonna, the team selection is going to be an interesting one because the performance like that yesterday, naturally some players are going to be... Like Montiel, for example, has not played for a while. Um I think it all boils down to which United's going to roll into town. Um, because, I mean, if we get the United from the first half an hour yesterday, um, I think we could probably win. I was I was text, I was in a few group chats and saying, I'm, if, Villa, if Villa make this messy, we might, be face, we might be on the end of a new manager bounce ourselves here. It'd be sod's law that we, you know, we see it as a winnable game and then they go and change the manager a couple of days before. But then 
you watch them in the second half and they were absolutely brilliant. They were absolutely brilliant from the moment Villa went 2-0 up, to be fair. So, yeah, you just don't know which United you're going to get. I still think it's going to be a very tough game. I think as much as they've had their struggles this season, their struggles kind of pale into comparison of what our struggles have been at our worst. So, um, it's still going to be tough. Um, It's a shame to see Ericsson back fixed. I thought his set pieces were absolutely unbelievable last season against us. Um, But yeah, I I think we can be positive. I think the win will put us in good stead. And I can't come on this podcast and predict Man United to win a game of football. So, I'm going to go for a slender Forest victory. And I think it'll be... I think it'll be a good game. I think Nuno will set us up to have a go again. And I think we'll win 2-1. And I fancy Alanga to score in front of the United fans. Oh, uh, Nick has just put in the comments that the fourth fish up Man United versus Villa was you-know-who from last Saturday. I hope he's not. But I, I can't imagine him coming back uh, into an NG postcode anytime yeah, the, soon. The Premier League way, uh, make a mistake, line your pockets four days later with more money. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Uh, Christian, uh, Man United, uh, I, I would love to say that more gives White's going to give Bruno Fernandes an absolute torrid time, but they both kind of play attacking midfield, so might not get too close to each other. But uh, gives White is actually a Man United fan. People quite know this quite openly, so he'll have something maybe to show them as, as such, because it happens that quite a lot of support, like players who are playing against the club they support tend to do quite well. And Gibbs White was really good last season, if I remember in the League Cup game against Casemiro, who unfortunately is not playing these days because he looks like an absolute, I don't know, a potato at the, these days. <laughs> yeah, he, um, he ran Casemiro ragged last season until he went off injured after about 70 minutes. You know, that was a very, very impressive performance from Gibbs White. Um, as for United, it's weird because even despite coming back from yesterday, they, they, obviously they've, they've come back a few times. This is it's Stuart Pearce's favourite word, isn't it? Bounce back ability. And um, <laughs> they've come from behind a couple of times to win games. Um, also did it against Brentford, did it against us, did it against Villa. Uh, it was quite pleasing actually knowing that as naive as we were going to lop at Old Trafford, we still have been the only team to do that this season and lose. Albeit um, ours was somewhat tainted by horrific officiating, including you-know-who, who was there yesterday. Shock. Um, they got United result, get Rob Jones back in on the on officials, you see, but again, we'll move on. And yeah, I think that it's weird because I still think they're sort of papering over the cracks a bit, United. I know they, they, they their wingers haven't been good. I know Hoyland scored yesterday. That was his first, what, 15 games in the Prem. That's pretty poor for a £72 million striker. Um, Anthony hasn't really been crossing it into him well. Yeah, I know obviously they went with Rashford and Garn actually, didn't they, from the start? It'd be interesting if they start again with that as a front three. Uh, like they said, Ericsson coming back isn't ideal. But I do think they are there to be got at. I think, um, yeah, we can definitely cause them issues. We've already proved that runs this season already. And we're going to be at home. We're going to have a lot of momentum behind us after this win now. Um, yeah, I much like Lee. I can't predict us. I can't predict United to win on this. That's our last home game of the season. I'm not going to do it. So I'm going to go for a. 2-1 Forest win. Well, it's not quite the last home game of the season, but of the year, I know what you meant. <laughs> oh, of the year, yeah, sorry, yeah. 2-1 <laughs> win. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Reese, are you making it a full house from, from the the punditry team? <laughs> I'm now, right? <laughs> um... We've been promoted. 
Oh, no, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I totally agree with Lee in the sense that like, it kind of depends what United bowl into town. Into. I mean, their record against us is absolutely flawless. I mean, I'm just looking down. It's, I don't think, I I think, think we've lost every game I think it's them. 11 wins in a row. Um, the last time we did get a result against them was in 1995. Every game they've won since then. I mean, last season we didn't score and, and pretty much lay a glove on them, did we? Really? I know. I know that's Surrey's goal, which was annoying at the time. But um, it's kind of a shame they come back yesterday because I was watching that, and obviously at two 0 up Villa, you kind of as a Forest fan rubbing your hands. We've just gone to Newcastle one, and you know, like look at these, look, they look a right mess. And then to be fair, they've come back. Um, they blew that stat out the window with, you know, a Langus, obviously because they've had four goal contributions, aren't they, yesterday? Oiland getting his first goal. So, again, it's like Lee says, it just depends what the United bowl up because it would be typical Man United to just get a cracking result over there and bowl up to Forest and stink the place out, um, which they have done a lot. Um, I actually think it's... Sh- should be a, a really good game and it wouldn't surprise me if it was very end-to-end um, to be honest and I'm afraid I'm going to get splinters in the backside because I'm going to sit on the fence and say it's going to be a 2-2 draw Oof. At least it'll be entertaining in, in, in some respects if it was a 2-2 Which if we'd have had four points from United and Newcastle You'd have been happy Oh, would have probably had the laugh wouldn't we, let's be honest <laughs> Yeah, definitely, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm quietly positive, I mean I know Christian was quite apprehensive about Nuno and the negative football. In the first two games that we've seen of him, he's been like really forward thinking in in, in a lot of respects. Yeah. I mean, the, we, we've we've got to give a lot of time because it's only two games that everyone always says, "Oh, a new manager bounce," blah blah blah. So we've kind of got to give it a bit more time before we see his methods think- come in. I think kind of negative might be the wrong word. I think the better phrase would have been front foot football. I think is what a lot of people have asked for now. The last two, yesterday, I wouldn't say we was counter-attacking, let's be honest, but when we was attacking, we got on the front foot and used it to our ability, didn't we? If we can do that, you know, become a counter-attacking team, but with the pace we've got with that three behind wood, if we can do that, I think most, well, everyone will be pretty happy if we can make it work that way. It's just under Cooper, we, we, we was a counter-attacking... Yeah, we was a counter-attacking team in his last how many games and we didn't get bodies forward enough did we yesterday was completely different every time like keep i've said this a few times now every time we come forward we, we, we was a threat so if we can do that we'll i'm sure we'll be playing a similar way to that against united on saturday saturday and yeah if we can do that and cause them some hurt because you know they're, they're still you know they're not like with respect they've still got johnny evans and that the back they're not I know they performed really well. I stayed to come from behind, but they're not. I wouldn't say. Again, I agree with Christian. That might be a papering over the cracks kind of job. They're there to be got at, um, and I'm sure they'll be saying that to us. So, fingers crossed, it'll be a good game, and fingers crossed, we can get three points. Yeah, something I didn't mention earlier. We was getting like four or five players into the box when the ball was coming in. So that's something that's an immediate difference. So hopefully that that can continue. I think like. Chris Wood's instrumental against Johnny Evans or Rafael de Varane of, of getting players into play. Alanga, Hudson-Odoi, Morgan Gibbs-White, depending how how we roll up, obviously, it's going to be an interesting one. Might see Mangala come back into midfield, hopefully. That'll give us a bit more of a foothold in terms of possession. But, yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I think it's going to be a, a tough game. Obviously, there'll be 
their, their tails will be up after getting a good result yesterday after going 2-0 down. But it just shows that Man United are definitely there to be got at. So let's hopefully uh, kind of break the the crap duck we're on of, of, of losing games at, at the City ground with, with a winning one to, to cap the end of the year off. So and go into... 2024 with with kind of itching to play almost especially then and hopefully John Rhodes gets absolutely zero sniffs at, at the city ground for Blackpool. <laughs> I actually had a look yesterday and he's top scorer in that league. Is he really? Before yesterday, I'm not sure if it's changed yesterday. I mean, I don't usually look in them piddly pop leagues what as rivals are in, but. What he loves it in Lancashire because he was unbelievable for Blackburn, <laughs> wasn't Blackburn, he? So, yeah, yeah. 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 But uh, no, uh, thank you very much. We had a peak of about 100 people in here, so hopefully everyone's dropped a like and a subscribe. And, and and thanks for everyone getting involved in the in the comments. It's been really good. Um, uh, I hope hope we uh, we're here back just before the new year to talk about a win over over Man United. Uh, so we'll see you in the next one, uh, probably up next Sunday uh, for 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 the post match. Uh, before we close, aren't we doing subscriptions? Um, oh yeah. yeah, yes. No, I've already done the draw. So everyone who commented and is a subscriber for the last pod we did, which was the post Bournemouth game, can't uh, we just uh, like that? Can we? I'm really sorry, but uh, Nomad dot eighteen sixty five who commented in the in the. For the, for the post uh, Bournemouth game is the winner of our £25 gift voucher that we give away. We gave away one on Twitter uh, just before. Uh, so Nomad1865, if they want to get in touch with us, just drop us an email, uh, redsideofthetrent at gmail.com. Uh, we'll get that sent to you as soon as possible. So thank you very much for that. Uh, Christian, thank you for, for reminding me. Uh, we'll see you just before uh, New Year to, to go through the Man United game. Uh, thank you for everyone joining us and we'll catch you later. Come on, you Reds. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You in? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.